Chapter Eight of the Sealed Message by Fergus Hume. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Eight. Legal advice. It's nutty, but not what I call top hole straight, Mister MacAndrew. I am consulting you professionally, so I must ask you to use the King's English. It can't explain my feelings, Jerry. It can't, indeed. What am I to say when you tell me that you have fallen in love in five minutes? you love charity when you first set eyes on her todd that's different snapped the solicitor she's an angel it's only right to love an angel like winking when you spot her i quite agree with you and so i loved mavis is this girl pretty askin smiled to himself as he had not yet informed todd of the marvellous resemblance between the dancer and the recluse yes she is pretty he said calmly huh from todd that doesn't sound enthusiastic if you wish me to give details no no macandrew looked alarmed none of your beastly blank verse i understand that you wish to consult me professionally well replied haskins leisurely i have been trying to ram that into your thick head for the last ten minutes clients retorted todd with dignity do not call their legal advisers silly cuckoo names he arranged his blotting-paper, flattened out a sheet of paper, and seized a pencil. "'You have my best attention.' Gerald grinned. Todd's professional airs were too absurd. All the same, he knew that he could not come to a better man for advice. Also, Todd, being in love himself, was likely to be more sympathetic than a regular dry-as-dust lawyer. "'One moment, Toddy,' said Haskins, taking out a silver case. "'I want to light a cigarette first. Have one?' these said the outraged todd significantly are business hours so i should think from your ridiculously serious face nature intended you for a chubby bacchus without any clothes toddy but circumstance has stuffed you into a stupid little office to mislead people on points of law the office is capital said todd heatedly i pay a very high rent you are being cheated then i'll 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 have a cigarette ended todd weakly it was too hot to argue haskins had come up on the previous day and having slept on his business had repaired to the grimy office in chancery lane to consult his solicitor mr james ian robert roy macandrew which was the lawyer's gorgeous name usually shortened to todd by his friends because of his ruddy hair possessed two rooms sparsely furnished the outer room contained two lean clerks and an office-boy who laboured to increase a gradually growing business while the inner room was sacred to the master brain that was building up that same business there was a green-painted safe an important-looking escritoire with a sliding lid three or four chairs a battered bookcase containing todd's somewhat limited library and piles of japan deed-boxes in iron frames everything looked very legal and very dry and very dusty with the exception of todd himself spick and span and far too fashionably dressed for chancery lane todd should have been strolling in the row and if dead and gone macandrews had not squandered their money he probably would have been beside charity bird if possible as it was todd looking fresh and well fed and well groomed and alert dwelt for many hours daily in a dull room which his ancestors would have scorned but todd had been compelled to lay down the ancestral claymore and take up the pen which was hard on todd who much preferred a kilt to a lawyer's wig 
however it was useless to be dignified with jerry haskins as todd decided so after a glance at the door to see that it was closed he unbent he lighted a cigarette and produced a bottle of whisky and two glasses and a siphon not wishing that his clerk should see him unbend to this bacchanalian extent mr mcandrew cast a second look at the door and advised gerald in scarcely legal language to fire away you've been playing the high kick oh hoopla since i left you said todd with a jolly grin i've been doing nothing of the sort cried haskins indignantly this is very serious is it now bantered the lawyer well when a man decides to marry a girl whom he has only seen for five minutes i rather think it is infernally serious how did she manage to hook you what a beastly low mind you have todd hm shut up and hold yourself tight i am going to startle you startle away todd gripped the arms of his sedate chair well then this mavis durham is the living image of charity bird mcandrew stared and glared you're rotting boy there can only be one angel in the world and there are two of this especial make insisted gerald leaning back i say toddy do be serious but are you serious i am confound you don't i look it mcandrew stared and glared again there is a change in you he admitted love i suppose it's the same with myself todd you don't know what love is oh don't i hang your beastly conceit well then i just do i love my heavenly charity no end so there but aren't you pulling my leg when you say that charity is the image of this mavis girl don't call her a mavis girl miss durham to you todd very well then miss bird to you haskins sighed resignedly we'll never get on at this rate i am really and truly in trouble mcandrew do listen todd nodded and his face grew serious haskins seized the fortunate moment and detailed everything from the finding of the sealed message which was scarcely necessary since todd had hooked the cylinder to the parting with mavis on that enchanted night what do you think of it toddy questioned haskins anxiously it's very rum murmured todd making pencil marks on his blotting paper why does reb keep this girl shut up that is what i wish to learn you must help me i'm only too glad but how don't you remember how mrs geary said that if mavis left the pixies house the major would not be able to dash about in his motor-car yes what of that it hints at money belonging to mavis which the major is using oh i say todd fell back in his chair you go too far i don't hold a brief for reb but he wouldn't be such a blackguard as that besides he has six thousand a year i know that for a fact who told you mrs birch what mrs crosby's mother yes a grim old lady ain't she rather like my grandmother she is not very fond of reb as he is not very polite to her still she wants mrs crosby to marry him because of the money how she found out i can't say but she certainly stated that reb had the income i mentioned but i thought that both mrs birch and her daughter were well off they assumed to be answered todd with a shrug and a wink 
that is they have a slap-up flat and go everywhere and mrs crosby wears expensive frocks although the old woman looks like a rag-shop at times that may not be lack of money but indifference to dress humph as if any woman old or young could be indifferent to frocks anyhow mrs crosby is supposed to be a wealthy widow in the market but if she wants to marry major rebb who is not a nice man and if mrs birch wants to be rebb's mother-in-law it strikes me that the two may not be so rich as they pretend well 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 cried gerald impatiently we are wandering from the subject rebb you say has six thousand a year on the authority of mrs crosby's mother yes well then todd i want you to know how rebb comes to be possessed of that six thousand a year can you find out well no you might ask the income tax people i can't help thinking said haskins staring at the dusty carpet that the money belongs to mavis if you think that on the few words let slip by mrs geary said todd scornfully you haven't got a leg to stand on i go by my intuitions also toddy they rarely deceive me witness my distrust of geary i was right in thinking that he had to do with rebb and the pixies house macandrew nodded yes you were right so far but you assume too much in accusing major rebb of taking miss durham's money it is only a guess said gerald impatiently i may be wrong of course todd still you must see that there is something queer in rebb keeping mavis shut up and in putting about this rumour of her being affected with a homicidal mania you are sure that isn't true ventured macandrew cautiously haskins grew wrathful good heavens toddy do you take me for an ass you silly blighter i tell you the girl is as sane as i am and a deal more sane than you are then why does rebb shut her up i want to find that out i tell you snapped the other savagely todd reflected perhaps this girl is rebb's daughter he guessed haskins started as well he might i can't believe that he declared violently she hasn't a drop of rebb's blood in her body and even if she were his daughter he went on in a contradictory fashion that is no reason that he should shut her up in that jail and set a beastly nigger to keep his eye on her no drawled macandrew his eye on the blotting paper you say that this girl is like charity the very image of her that is partly why i fell in love so rapidly todd before you came along i did love charity in a way admired her beauty and all that but somehow she never made my heart beat now mavis is just as lovely as charity and more so no 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 growled todd striking his desk yes 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 insisted haskins besides there is something in her personality which charity lacks i feel my heart beat and my pulses thrill and my whole being raised to heaven when mavis looks at me so do i when i look at charity retorted the lawyer but for heaven's sake jerry don't let us pit the girls against one another mavis suits you and charity suits me there's no more to be said save that the girls might be twins i never heard that charity had a twin nor did i but then we don't know charity's history i do in part said todd quickly when mrs pelham odin was travelling with her own comedy company in india fifteen or sixteen years ago she found charity at calcutta 
the child was then five years of age and belonged to a native woman of the juggler caste native do you mean to say that charity has nigger blood no snapped todd sharply i don't you have only to look at her to see that she is purely european the native woman confessed to mrs pelamodon that she had picked up the child from an ayah at simla for a few rupees the ayah had perhaps stolen the child from some english people or perhaps the mother was dead at any rate the native woman bought the child and taught her to dance in the show she and her husband went round with mrs pelamodon took a fancy to the child's beauty and bought her from this native woman and adopted her as a daughter in a way she called her charity because of the way she was found and bird because of her silvery voice ha gerald started another point of resemblance mavis has a voice like a nightingale todd i must learn mavis's past life these two girls must be connected in some way the resemblance is too wonderful there are chance likenesses hinted todd slowly i dare say but nature doesn't turn out two girls line for line the same unless she sends them into the world as twins mavis was brought to the pixie house when she was five years of age but she doesn't remember where she lived before that she is twenty-one in ten months by jupiter todd hoisted himself up with a curious look that's odd for charity told me that she would be twenty-one next year and then could run away with me perhaps there is something in what you say jerry after all what's to be done haskins pinched his chin let us leave the question of the resemblance alone for the moment todd what i want you to do is to go to somerset house and look up the wills the wills whose will what will look up any will made by any one called durham go back fifteen or twenty years of course said gerald apologetically it is only my fancy based upon the few words let drop by mrs geary but i feel somehow in my bones as the old women say that mavis is being kept a prisoner on account of money todd fidgeted it's such a wild idea he protested wild or not it is six and eight pence in your greedy legal pocket reb might not like my prying into his private affairs i don't see that reb need know anything about it said gerald impatiently in fact i want to keep my doings dark in the reb direction for if there is anything in my belief the major will do his best to queer my pitch if you look up the will of a man or of a woman called durham reb cannot say anything as neither you nor i are supposed to know anything about the pixies house business well todd nodded and made a note i'll search he assented any will by someone called durham man or woman and dated some fifteen or twenty years ago suppose i find nothing and suppose you do retorted his friend rising we are searching for a needle in a haystack remember toddy and must poke about in every direction we'll look into the money business first and then we can question mrs pelamodon and valeria as to the possibility of there being any relationship between these two girls see here remarked macandrew slowly all this talk is first-rate if you were writing a story and knew the end but it seems to me that as we have to deal with real life you are making circumstances to fit in with your theories perhaps i am replied haskins with a shrug but i am so much in love with mavis that i shall move heaven and earth to get her why not be bold and ask reb straight out 
then he could tell you the story of the girl's birth and perhaps may explain why she is so like charity if reb dislikes this mavis so much that he shuts her up he won't mind your taking her off his hands oh yes he will if money goes with her said gerald grimly i don't want to make reb think that i am in love the whole business is shady do you mean your love-making asked Todd slyly no you rotter my love-making is as straight as reb's ways are crooked do what i say and when we learn if there is a will well we'll know how to move next meanwhile i intend to tell the story that i have told you to mrs crosby but i say she'll go straight and tell reb no said haskins decisively i have known mrs crosby for years and she is as honest and good a little woman as ever lived mrs birch is also a ripping sort if somewhat funereal if major reb is a villain and i really believe that he is i don't want mrs crosby's life to be made miserable by marrying him or mrs birch's either you know how she adores her daughter all the same mrs crosby may tell reb insisted todd macandrew i don't think so i shall enlist her sympathies on my behalf every woman loves a love affair then my story will put her on her guard against major reb and she'll probably contrive to find out the truth of the business without his knowing good day toddy boy haskins shot out of the office rapidly but macandrew sat soberly at the desk shaking his red pole it appeared to him that gerald was about to climb the hill difficulty and might not reach the top End of chapter eight